0: You are listening to The Dish, a podcast of the Medical Laboratory Professionals Association of Ontario. This season, we're focusing on how labs have responded to the COVID 19 pandemic. Some are rapidly ramping up testing and overcoming immeasurable odds, while others are struggling working on other testing while staff are redeployed elsewhere. This month, we're featuring Health Sciences North, Horizon Santé Nord, and Sudbury. When COVID-19 arrived, they were sending specimens to Public Health Ontario, which resulted in delayed turnaround times for their patients. They began testing on April 13th, reducing turnaround times by more than 30 hours in the first week of testing. They are now a regional testing site for samples collected from North Bay to Wawa and all points between. Working together, they advance laboratory information systems, testing procedures, reporting structures, and more, with everyone on the team bringing new ideas to the table to cope with the added volume. It has been an incredible act of teamwork. We spoke with admin director, MLT Erin Torini, MLT Brandy Marshall, and MLAT Monique Gagnon about what it has looked like coming together to test for COVID-19. I'm Erin
1: Tarini. I'm the Administrative Director of the lab. Uh, so my role in the lab was to uh, participate in the provincial network uh, testing network and um, put the team together to perform the COVID testing uh, at Health Sciences North, and on behalf of our region as a
0: whole. Amazing. I'm Randy Marshall, and I've
1: been an MLT here at
2: Health Sciences North for about 17 years, and I usually work just in microbiology. I started doing the COVID testing when it happened really close to the beginning because I was also sort of helping in genetics so it kind of was a good flow. Uh,
3: my name is Monique Gagnon. I'm a tech four so a medical lab assistant here in the lab. I work in two departments in central receiving which is where we have all of the uh, incoming samples coming in um, and from there, they can be samples from within the hospital, or they can also be samples coming in from our referred-in sites. Uh, we also deal with samples that we, fer- we refer out for specialized testing. Uh, and then I also work in microbiology um, on the uh, bench that does the, the pre-analytical bench, which is all of the setup for the samples.
0: So I'm wondering if you guys can think back to those first days of COVID and um, what because I know you were saying you weren't initially testing for COVID. So um, how did that kind of process work? And how did that scaling up happen um, as, as COVID began? Uh,
1: okay, so when, when we were first approached um, by the province to, um, and asked whether or not we wanted to participate in the first wave of uh, laboratory implementation, we um, agreed that our resources were limited and that we needed some additional time to um, uh, get some equipment together some plans together to be participants in the second wave. So our uh, testing go live date was April 13th um, and at that point in time we were capable of testing um, only our a a very limited amount of our in-house specimens um all of the rest of the specimens in our city and region were being referred to uh toronto um, so we did have a flurry of activity and meetings um with the assistance of uh dr danielle braban Kerwin and dr rebecca mcclure um in procuring equipment um establishing which equipment would best suit our needs we we did have big challenges with delivery and commitment we had to put in multiple purchase orders for a whole uh, wide variety of equipment and basically hope for the best that they would come through so that was a little bit tenuous in that we didn't know um, of our selection of equipment which ones would actually come on site and and be delivered and and have available reagents once they were delivered so that was a little bit stressful Uh, and then of course the validation Uh, We were fortunate that as participants of the second lab, um, the PHL validation piece was well established and they were able to support us um, by sending us positive samples to work with um, so that we could get all of our validation completed. Um, But the first days in scaling up the lab, once we did start testing, I feel um, the best way to describe it was like, (laughs) changing on the fly.
2: Yes
1: it was like the wild wild west of lab work. It was wild wild (laughs) west and it was like um, from the perspective in the pre-analytical there was lots of challenges. Yes for
3: sure because uh, uh, thankfully uh, we were implementing just in-house testing to start off with so it was it was done in in baby steps which was very appreciated (laughs) because every day uh, it just evolved on a daily basis as far as uh, how, we were, how were we, we were going to organize ourselves. Starting with that, we needed to tweak some things on some benches. Um, uh, some shift hours were changed. Uh, and uh, bench work was, was redistributed because at that time, we didn't have all of the extra staffing for uh, looking after just COVID. Uh, so it really fell under the umbrella of microbiology, which meant that the people who were currently in that department had to sort of
1: pick up the COVID slack once we did start taking on work from elsewhere and scaling up from you know, 42 tests to 82, like yeah, to we 92. We were doing like
2: half plates at first yeah. everything. So it was 48, a batch of 48, and we were doing maybe like three or four batches a day of 48 for a while. And that was with a lab developed test that we were extracting the RNA like manually. We didn't have any uh, analyzers yet. So each day, you'd come in and it would be like oh we got this analyzer and we got this reagent so let's try this and then the next day it'd be like oh we're out of this so we have to go back to this way and then there'd be another analyzer and some more reagent and try this way it was it was crazy for a while a little bit more stable now (laughs) i think a lot
0: Yeah. Yeah.
2: yeah we have like a supply of reagents we always have a lot of reagents now. It's, it's like not like it was at the beginning. Where each day you didn't know which way you were gonna extract your RNA from.
1: <laughs> All of the reporting at the, at the uh, beginning of our testing was done manually by technologists doing double verification uh, to make sure there were no transcription errors. So very manual process, um, manual sorting of specimens, aliquoting of specimens, manual extraction of, of RNA manual reporting so very slow yeah and 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 not at all what we're used to we have quite a an advanced lab um as far as as, uh, automated reporting auto verification in many of our areas so this was like going back to the 80s a bit (laughs)
3: but i still can't help but think back to the day where COVID-19 was just called coronavirus yes before we had testing and we were uh you know we had these suspect COVID patients that had to be swabbed and those samples had to be sent to public health and I still remember the day I was the first one to actually box it up in all of its special packaging and walk it across the street yeah um right Mm -hmm. and then from there it just escalated right because at that time there were so many unknowns we didn't Mm -hmm. know uh even even the, the other samples from the suspect COVID patients, mm-hmm. we didn't know how to treat their blood samples. Their, like the, We didn't know what necessary precautions needed to be mm-hmm. taken exactly, right? Mm-hmm. Whether it was blood or tissue or, or whatnot. So, yeah, we've come a long way for sure. Mm-hmm.
0: <laughs> yeah. Well, speaking of where you've come now, you are also the regional testing site for all of the samples collected in much of Northern Ontario. What are some of those specific regional com- considerations for COVID testing in the north
1: definitely transportation is an issue so um the 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 northeast uh region that we service is a is quite a vast region so I mean um comparable size centers ish are at least three plus hours away Mm -hmm. um and so We have had challenges with navigating how to get samples from our smaller sites to us. Luckily, um, we do a lot of regional work for other initiatives um, or or just other referred in testing. So we had some established courier plans and and, and courier routes um, with our partner hospitals. But the challenge came when um, we needed to have the ability to send those samples on the weekend because most of our samples come to us via Purolator from our smaller sites. And so challenges are, uh, lie in when those couriers don't operate on the weekend. How are we gonna get these samples to us and make sure that those patients are serviced over the weekend? So we did have some challenges that way um the other challenge that we had is how are we going to coordinate efforts for reporting back to those hospitals that aren't necessarily in our um lab information system so we had to establish a quite archaic faxing oh, <laughs> solution sure. which is is because is, so so that was and that's still ongoing with some of our um long-term care homes that we service in our region uh particularly our city for long-term care surveillance. So that is uh, another challenge. But um, I'd say the biggest regional testing challenge is making sure uh, the samples can get to us fast enough so that we can um, process them as fast as possible. So when you compare our northeast turnaround time with other um, southern areas that that have a, a much more connected uh system i.e they can walk across the street to their (laughs) (laughs) different labs in downtown toronto uh it's a much different story for us when you're traveling sometimes let's say from wawa to subree a minimum of six hours travel time um at least once a day
3: the other thing that should be mentioned too is the increase in volume like yes yes this was covid yeah but it did increase uh uh, sample volumes coming into the lab and uh, in central receiving, that was definitely a, a big challenge because you have it seems like you have somebody at, at the lab we have a lab window door um, coming via courier or, uh, uh, or a, a various shipping service such as Pure Later, um coming via bus via taxi, like they're coming in or the, the long-term care facilities deliver themselves mm-hmm. uh, all of their samples. And then you have all of these samples coming in and you have to figure out a way to organize yourself and to make sure that you have proper tracking of those samples so Mm -hmm. that you can uh, go back if something is missing or you need to look into or troubleshoot or whatnot, Mm -hmm. right? Or when they're
1: in the testing progress, right? So when they're aliquoted, we know they're aliquoted now we time stamp it. We can find them where they're at in the route because oftentimes we have clinicians calling saying, you know, I'm just this patient we need to take them to the OR, where is their test at? Right. And and that that um that indicates the the type of treatment that they may receive here. So the COVID department has like um kind of of like (laughs) creeped out into the different parts of the lab for sure. Yeah I would I would say that out of our 170 employees that almost every single person um has touched the covid in some way um be it from making uh, up test kits to send to the nursing units and the assessment center to entering results, entering results to receiving batches. receiving batches sorting aliquoting um i it really has
3: been a, a group yeah.
1: effort absolutely absolutely
3: this pandemic i think really has shown us what we're capable of mm-hmm. because i know that the word uh teamwork gets thrown around a lot. And prior to the pandemic, sometimes I felt it was a little cliche, <laughs> but, but now I really understand that. Yeah. It, it takes mm-hmm. a village. Right. Um, mm-hmm. And people really did come together because mm-hmm. there's, there's something to be said when you're at your own bench doing your own work and you look over to a BSC and there's a manager sitting there aliquoting COVID samples. Um, and then, uh, or you come in in the morning at six thirty in the morning and there's a manager sitting, entering or accessioning uh, samples. And then later in the day, there's someone there doing the faxing. <laughs> COVID falling under the microbiology umbrella, um, micro has really been impacted, but others in other departments have really been helpful and have really come forward and, and want to help. And so it was nothing for somebody in, in hematology, for example, to to learn how to, to um, Uh, enter to accession samples and then somebody in chemistry uh, learning how to enter the results post testing Mm -hmm. Uh, and then somebody in cytopathology or core lab uh, coming and doing some aliquoting shifts for us so yeah it's it's really uh, everyone's really come together
0: in the proposal you mentioned some of the issues of understaffing and the challenges of recruiting so i'm wondering if you can talk about how the human resources shortage might be impacting the fight against COVID in the lab generally too given that more resources need to be allocated to COVID.
1: Mm -hmm. The impact COVID has had on us right now and what we're seeing is that um, students who we usually are able to retain from both an MLA slash T program and or an MLT program because we are fortunate to have an MLT program here in Sudbury we were not able to um, to recruit students the way we have in the past, especially in the MLA slash T program. They, their um, placements, clinical placements were discontinued. Uh, we were fortunate to acquire an MLT student who was on placement here in their third year that was discontinued due to COVID, but um, She she was successful in uh, writing her uh, CSMLS exam, Mm -hmm. and uh, we were blessed to have her over the summer for sure. Because I like, I think she (laughs) lived here too. She and (laughs) and and so what the good news is is we've been recently approved. um, So our Mlt students did return in September because our hospital's uh, philosophy is that students in their last year of study who are required to do placements, need to be able to come to the hospital uh, and complete that work so that they can be um, in the workforce as soon as possible. And then uh, next week we will welcome back our first batch of MLA T students. Um, they come here for placements uh, of six weeks and we take about four classes per year. So we're really happy to have them back to be able to um, to uh, fill some vacancies that we do have. We did luck out as well in that um, there were two um, MLTs who were looking to relocate to Sudbury uh, and uh, to be closer to family. And so they did, and then they were seeking employment. So we managed to have them join our team as well. Um, So that was really great, They've, they've started. Um, but other than that, we've had a lot of, um, redeployment within our own team. So we have, uh, people like a uh, Manic, uh point was we had, uh, and Brandy, we had many people doing whatever they could within their scope to do. So <laughs> if an MLT could learn how to aliquot, fill out the training competency, be done, they could aliquot a shift or two or, or stay four hours past their chemistry shift and aliquot. So we, mm-hmm. we did, We did have an all-hands-on-deck process, and uh, yeah, I I think it it did demonstrate our ability to rely on each other when we really needed to, and um, I mean, the other thing, though, that we were mindful of is we encouraged, as a, a management group, we encouraged all of our employees to take their summer vacation as booked. We wanted to make sure that they got the rest um, that, uh, they needed. They, there was many that said, Oh, well, I'm going to cancel this vacation because I have no plans. All my plans have been canceled. And we said, you know what, even if you don't do anything, but watch Netflix for a week, <laughs> I think you need to take a break from here. And, uh, so we filled in gaps were needed to help uh, from the ma- from the management group to help with that. Um, and I think that was really important uh, for the staff, um, for their mental health and well being, because it, it was very stressful for the staff to have to come here, attend work, be busier than they ever have been in their lives, balance that with their family lives and, and the stressors at home. Um, you know, I, I mean, I, I'm incredibly proud of this team because we really did work together. We did good. Yeah.
0: I'm wondering if you have any kind of like tips or ways of working with with either people who are changing to a new bench or um, new students or people coming in uh, who've just been hired as a team, how are you kind of like fostering that, um, that learning environment even in the face of so much work?
1: Well,
3: everyone deserves the same, the, the education or the training that, that's expected um, even prior to this pandemic. So you kind of have to feel for these students coming in um, themselves knowing that that things are a little bit different around here uh, it's really it, it's more of a they're shadowing you there and, and they're so helpful like they really want to like yeah they actually make, come in handy yeah they really do I was
2: very sad when we had to get rid of our students last year be, because the COVID started and they all the students we had were really they were upset because they were like why can't I stay like this is the field I want to be in I would be here anyways and they Mm would have actually came in handy to help with everything Mm -hmm. so i i find it's i find it very normal right now with our students Mm -hmm. it feels like normal like usually you have good days you have bad days Mm -hmm. and Mm -hmm. it's a little bit more heavy work days Mm -hmm. for them it's like a reality
1: Mm -hmm. yeah it is it is a, a huge dose of reality um where I know in some of the departments we used to have kind of that one student mentor person um, that would take the students you know at least most of the day to 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 mentor them and so on and so forth. that has had to stop and and we've had the students paired up with employees on the bench, so it is a little bit more. Challenging I think from the students perspective to have to adjust to the learning um, with a different person potentially every day yeah. like that. Yes, that is yeah. one big change um, that they don't have necessarily the same consistent mentor a lot of our processes have changed and so it's a learning for the staff, which I feel translates and 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 may shake the confidence of the student a little bit to say oh my goodness like they seem (laughs) they seem disorganized or they seem like like you know they they don't know something's new but it literally might have changed that morning so uh, if i could give any advice to students it's be patient with us because you will soon be us (laughs) and uh, you'll understand why um the things are happening the way that they do
0: wondering if you can just kind of like reflect a bit on what what the teamwork has meant for your lab and maybe what uh, if it's shifted at all from before the before time to uh now in covid time well
3: the, the process has always been evolving again as like i <coughs> mentioned almost daily it was always a matter of how can we make this process better because it was so new to everyone from start to finish mm-hmm. um and with many many steps in between so mm-hmm. Even just the elimination or the change of one tiny little thing that you do can have such an impact on uh, on uh, efficiency. The day that we
2: the didn't day. have to freeze the um, day,
3: samples. yes, <laughs> remember <laughs> yeah. the day. So originally, um, we were asked, and when we were aliquoting our COVID samples, we were asked to aliquot two. Uh, Microtainer vials uh, holding one mil each one one vial was for testing and the second vial was to be uh, logged tracked and frozen
2: in a binder for... not frozen in the binder but logged in a binder logged <laughs> in a binder <laughs>
3: and then frozen for tra- logged in a binder for tracking purposes yeah then frozen uh, for future uh, validations which which is a very legitimate reason to have these frozen samples. Now, once we came to approximately thousand, sorry, no. tens of thousands yeah. of We bought a samples. new freezer
2: and it was full. <laughs> yes, so
3: <laughs> space was becoming an issue. And so we had to think back to, listen, why is it that we need all, these all of these samples? negatives? Yeah. Is it not more important to just aliquot the one? If it chose to be positive, then we can then pull the original sample and uh, extract what's left, and then we can yeah. freeze that so that you have those for your validation. So the day that that happened, I Manik thought of the uh, last thing. I, I, was, I, yeah, I, well, I- I, I think you danced. For a little while, <laughs> I didn't dance. I literally skipped all around the lab. <laughs> 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 in front of everybody celebrating and it was just such a tiny thing but it made such a difference in the process it's so much faster. Um, because it, it makes aliquoting the sample faster it, it makes the, the person waiting to go to go away to do the testing doesn't have to stand there waiting for you to log all of your, all your, stickers in a your stickers in your samples Um, and then you can probably talk about, uh, timing in, uh, so that we can, for tracking purposes, once the samples are gone for testing.
2: Yeah. So what we decided after aliquoting, we were putting them in our little fridge and then one of the MLTs would come and take it to do the the testing. So while it was in the fridge, we didn't know where any samples were. We, you could tell that we had received it in the hospital, but you couldn't tell anything else. It could be in a bag in the fridge to be aliquoted. It could be in a, one of those boxes that we have. It could be over being tested. So we decided to use what we have for in microbiology. And it's in, in, in lab uh, timing. So it's kind of like a setup time. So we have to use that for our microbiology samples. So we're like, let's get the aliquoters to in lab the microbiology time on all of the samples that they all saw, And it's just like a scanning it into a barcode. And then when a tester takes them, we also go over and in-lab them again and it'll put our name on top of it. So then when you go to look up the sample, you can say, oh, Brandy has that sample. It's over being tested or Manik in-labbed it so it's in the fridge. And if there's no time, it's somewhere else.
0: It sounds like you've done like an amazing level of innovation this summer like we have like and, and like, you know, been like how do we do this
1: <laughs> we have and and you know the other thing that we've done is we've we've uh, fostered some really good relationships with some other hospitals that we didn't have before so when we first uh, started taking on the work from those hospitals everything was manual uh, our lis teams uh at those facilities and and here work together in generating an interface that has really saved us a lot of work uh, in being able to just receive the set specimens and get them into the testing stream uh, by accelerating that um, lab process. And, you know, we are participants in the um, lab automation project with the province. We have been since August. And so we're working to um, uh, make sure our site is ready for when other sites, uh, like assessment centers who um, are not in hospital at HIS uh, <coughs> or LAS and long-term care homes or other clients who will do COVID collections can go on to that automation system and the orders will feed directly. So we're doing a lot of different work in the background and trying to be very nimble and, and, and get get that work completed fast enough so that when other sites are ready, we can support them as best we can.
0: What are you thinking now heading into the winter? Like what, what are some considerations that you're thinking about when you look ahead?
1: This past week, um, we've seen a, um, alarming increase in COVID cases in our community. Uh, that's been quite, um, sad for us (laughs) lack of better words I guess I don't know how to describe it it's it's kind of it was shocking shocking, yes because we were for the most part up until last week um our region uh as a whole and our city especially was doing remarkably well um so that being said um we're left um Lucky to have uh, Dr. Brabant Kerwin on site, who's going to assist us with the uh, development of the flu, uh, our in-house flu test. So, what our plans are uh, so far is we will be following the Ministry of Health recommendations for flu testing. Uh, we have always tested um, our our uh, tested our in-house patients or inpatients for the flu. Um, and managed any outbreaks um, very well in our facility. Uh, Now the challenge is going to be adding the COVID onto those samples. So what we're working on right now is the ability to be able to run the flu and the COVID on the same um, uh, extracted RNA. Um, So that will be a lab developed test that's in progress. But as it stands right now, we're very hopeful that the enhanced uh hand washing and masking of of people will uh, Mm -hmm. assist with flu season as it's supposed to assist with covid yeah i just if if you if i can always reiterate my last (coughs) thought on every time i have a chance is to just um just Always be so thankful for the team that we have here at HSN. Um, every single person contribute has has contributed in their own way. Um, even if they haven't worked hands-on directly with the COVID, they've supported the other departments that are supporting other departments in our <laughs> hospital who are experiencing great challenges um, similar to ourselves down in lab. Um, we've built some great relationships we've had a lot of laughs even though it's been very stressful Um, but and we have done a a lot of work that has uh, been very uh, meaningful work and um, meaningful for ourselves um, feeling like we can contribute in the in the pandemic I know early on lots of people said well, I'm glad to be coming to work because I can't imagine having to just sit at home and, and not be able to leave the house. At least I can come here. And so for a lot of people, that was their springboard to say, okay, well, I'm going to spend a lot of time here then because, (laughs) because I have to, and, and and I'm needed. Right. And so, um, I'm just so grateful that, um, I have, I have the, um, privileged to work with such a wonderful bunch of individuals. And I'd also like to mention, I know we talk a lot about the COVID testing portion of the um, pandemic, but I'd like to to also recognize the challenges with our technicians who are uh, patient facing and collecting um, blood on and performing um, ECGs on patients who are COVID positive or who are probable COVID patients, Um, it is extremely stressful for them. Um, and they do great work. They are compassionate and, uh, without them, a lot of these kinds of like their treatment and diagnosis would not be possible. So I feel like, um, while the testing of the COVID uh, samples is really important, I, I just think it's a great opportunity to equally, um, remember that the patient facing, um, MLA slash Ts that are up collecting blood and MLTs everywhere. If if they're in their uh, facility, MLTs collect Um, that work too should be recognized because that um, the patient facing um, part of the COVID um, I think is a far more uh, scary. Um, environment to be in than even in our own testing world
2: absolutely we're, yeah. We, yeah. we have shout TV, out to them. we have bsts mm-hmm. gloves like we're yeah i'm not afraid of it nope mm-hmm. when i'm at work
1: mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah but but for them but for them treating well, uh, and caring for <clears> patients um uh every day without knowing someone's um you know potential status is uh is very it, it's it's scary for
0: them It's really inspiring talking with you guys. Thank you so much for um, speaking with me today. Thank you for all the work you're doing. Um, I'm really excited to share this story with everyone because you guys are so great.
1: Okay, thank you. And we're very thankful to be recognized. We are very thankful. It's awesome.
0: You're awesome. thank
1: you guys for all the work you're doing to advocate for our profession because you know what, The the spotlight has been on the lab since the beginning of this pandemic, and your support is is really, really essential um, for for us. So I I thank you guys. Thank you, the MLPAO and uh, Michelle, for being our face in the media all the time. We love it.
0: This has been the dish. This episode was recorded, produced, and edited in our office overlooking Hamilton on the Niagara Escarpment. The Dish is available on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, and SoundCloud, or wherever you get your favourite podcasts. You can reach us anytime at mlpao at mlpao.org. If you would like your lab to be featured in our next episode, we would love to hear from you. Please let us know. Through this pandemic and every day, we are making sure Ontarians see you hidden heroes overcoming immeasurable odds. Thank you so much for listening, and stay safe.